You're listening to the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative ministry from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. How do you prioritize which announcements to give and in which venue? This is such a good question to be asking. Uh, I love uh, that, that we're covering this because the, the Healthy Communications Ministry Blueprint that I just released, it's a course, it covers all of this in depth. There is a workbook that goes along with it, and there are session, sessions that actually walk you through the building of this specific solution. This is a remarkably significant piece of, of a healthy communications ministry, and I want to call that to attention because what this question is unearthing is one of the major, major points of tension that exists for anybody in communications serving in a church. The problem that emerges when you don't have any sort of strategy or plan to determine this, to determine which announcements should get priority and where they should be promoted, then the only other way to make this decision is through personal preference. And personal preference, at least what I have seen in my time in creative ministry, is an absolute driver of unhealth. Because what happens is the expertise of anybody in the room is thrown out the window. So the student ministries person comes into the conversation and they say, I believe that this is the best way to reach the people in my ministry. Cool. I'm the calm person and I don't share that same opinion. And so I win because I'm in charge and I'm the one who controls things. So, so that's how we make this resolution. It's a terrible way to make any decision in an organization. And the reality is that many churches don't have this level of strategy. They, they don't have a, a promotional plan that helps govern the decisions that they're making. I just want to set the stage here a little bit because this is such an inflection point around health. And that's really what this is about. I mean, what this podcast is all about. It's about healthy, creative ministry. So some of these questions have been so helpful at even moving the health conversation forward because they are inflection points where unhealth tends to live. I'm going to walk through a, a summarized version of what the course covers just so you can get an overview of the way that, that this problem is solved. Uh, you can go on my website as well, lunchtimeheroes.co, and you'll find the promotional plan that we're talking about. It's called the 3 plus 1 promotional plan. I've developed this specifically for churches because churches demand a nimbleness that many organizations don't demand. So there's a lot of layers to that, but at the end of the day, you need a tool that works. You can go to the website and check it out under case studies. Uh, you can just listen along if, if the, the audio is sufficient for you to kind of follow and, and grasp it. And if you want to go deeper, you can check out the course because it walks through the process of building this. The first thing that you need to do when you're building a promotional plan is you need to really understand what communication channels you have. So this, this part of the question that says, and in what venue, uh, there, there may be, it may be alluding to like, you know, should it be in the auditorium or the sanctuary? You know, should it be the stage announcements? That's often a, a battlefield. I want to get my event promoted from the stage. Great. So, so that could be a piece of what you're talking about when you ask that question, in what venue? But really what we need to assess is in which communication channels are we going to be promoting? And so the, the stage announcement is a communication channel. It can be a very effective one. Depends on, on a lot of different factors, but it can be a very effective way to deliver information. 
it is for the sermon. So it makes a lot of sense to, to want to have that be part of your communication channels list. So really what you need to do is you need to go through and you need to identify what are all of the different communication channels, both internal and external, that we have access to. And then from there you say, okay, let's say the pastor comes in and says, I want you to promote this event like you would not believe. What is the biggest plan that you would make to, to promote an event? And then identify what channels you would include in that plan. And then how about like a medium-sized event? How would you promote that? What would you build there in terms of your list of communication channels? And then finally, for a small event, how would you promote that? What, what kind of promotion would you give to one of the smaller events in your church? What this process does is it helps you understand, first of all, what are all the channels that you even have access to in the first place? And then second, knowing that these all exist, how do you leverage them? When do you leverage them? For what type of an event? It's important to have that distinction because once you get into building the promotional plan, you're going to need to have those other strategies put together. So that's your first step is to assess. Second step is to then build these sort of like micro strategies around this is how to promote a generic event that's big, medium, and small. When it comes to building the promotional plan itself, there are three approaches that I have seen to be the most popular. And so I want to address each one. And I want to give you my recommendation in terms of the one I have found to be the most helpful, both from a promotional perspective, but also from a health perspective. Because I do believe that the, the one I recommend is the best at both. The first one here, determine your promotion based on relevance to the congregation. So the idea here is that if it doesn't apply to a certain percentage of your, your congregation, then you shouldn't promote it in that venue. Okay. The next one is determining your promotion based on the size of the event. Well, if you anticipate that, you know, 500 people will be there, then you get a different level of promotion than this event where they think, you know, 15 will be there. So that's the, the based on size. And then the final one, the one I recommend, build your promotional plan based on the mission of your church. So this is about all of our decisions are made around the idea of the mission of our church. Whichever of these you pick, please avoid vagueness <laughs> in your decision making. Make it very clear. If you're choosing size of your event, choose very clearly the number of people. If the ministry leader comes to you and says, oh man, we're thinking you know, 15 fewer than the, than the thing that'll bump us into the next category. Okay, so then you get the, the medium then. You don't get the big because these numbers are, are what we have chosen. If you allow too much leeway in this, you actually erode the effectiveness of any of these strategies. So I mentioned that mission is the one that I am a big fan of, that I believe in as the most effective. Let me tell you some of the problems that I've encountered with the other types of promotional plans. I think it's important for you to hear these things as you're making these decisions. I do also wanna bring up that I have seen organizations where the mission oriented promotional plan is not compatible because leadership is not willing to make decisions. Understand that these other strategies may actually be a viable option for you depending on the nature of the organization in which you serve. So the first one here with the promotional plan that is built around relevance, I found this to be a problem because there are a lot of really important major events that actually didn't work with it. And, and it, what it did is it forced us to start to make exceptions. And when we made those exceptions, we began eroding the, the, the effectiveness of this strategy. So we say 50% of the congregation, that's what, that's what the announcement has to apply to. Okay, does 50% of your congregation have kids? 
Because if not, then no kids events will get promoted in the biggest venues. Is your congregation perfectly split, 50% men and 50% women? If not, you're not going to be promoting any women's events or any men's events at the, at the largest venue. So this is where things begin to get problematic. I actually encountered this at, at one of the churches that I worked at. The congregation was about 65% women. And so when we were promoting events, when we were thinking under this, this paradigm, it, it put us in a real bind. It meant that the only events we could promote and, and be in alignment with the promotional plan were women's ministry. And, and while that's great that we're promoting women's ministry, what happens if there's a men's ministry event? It puts you in a real weird situation. The next tendency then is to say, well, it's, it's 50%, but also then these events. Well, now ministry leaders are saying, well, how do I get on the exceptions list? So what you're doing is you're actually, you're building in a, kind of a backdoor into usurping the authority of this plan or this strategy. So it's very problematic. So this, this to me is why this strategy based on relevance and, and what percentages it's relevant to, it's where it falls short. The next plan is the one that's about the event size. You know, this is, oh, our event's going to be so, so big. And so we need extra promotion. The funny thing to me with this one uh, is really just an, an experience that I've, I've had. Um, this really turns your ministry leaders into incredibly optimistic people. I had someone come to me and they asked for a promotion for an event. I put something together and I sent it to them and I said, um, it just doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel big enough. And I'm like, oh, all right, well, so tell me, like, how big is this event? And they said, well, we haven't done it before, <laughs> but, but we think it could be really big. We think it could have like 500 people. And I just remember thinking to myself, man, I, I have a really hard time dedicating a lot of resources to promote this like an, a 500 person event when it hasn't happened before. And, and so that's really where this begins to break down. Is, is the event size as a filter, is this what you're projecting it to be? Is it based on last year's attendance? If it is based on last year's attendance, wh- how do you know if, if the attendance is gonna be the same, if it's gonna be re- received the same way, same way? But also, how do you handle new events? And then I think even more complicated, how do you handle the fact that some of the most important events in your ministry may not be the most popular? Are we saying that popularity is the thing that drives our ministry? I don't think so. I don't like that at all. So, so if that is what we're saying, <laughs> then I think that's a huge problem. Ultimately, the small unattended events can, can actually be catalysts for major growth in your church. There could be things that you're doing that just don't register very high on this attendance list, but they are so important to, to the mission of the church, to preparing people to accomplish the mission of the church, to growing people spiritually. All of these types of problems emerge when we focus strictly on attendance numbers as the driver of what we should promote. So that's why I don't recommend either of those because it's really easy for them to fall under the pressure of, of ministry, of just normal day-to-day ministry. So I recommend a third approach, which is really to build your promotional plan around the mission of your church. 
So the course that I mentioned earlier, it is 100% focused on, on this. I believe deeply that our communications ministry should be attached to the mission of the church. Our sole goal is to move the mission forward. So here's what that looks like. We go through all of the different ministries that exist in our church, and we categorize them in one of three ways. Does this support the mission? Does this prepare us for the mission? Does this display the mission? There are plenty of events that aren't overt mission movers. They focus on building community. They focus on growing us spiritually. They focus on maybe teaching us the spiritual disciplines. Whatever these things are that we're doing, they're very important things. They support the mission, absolutely. But they are not that kind of singular expression of what we're about. Here's a practical example that might help. I worked at a church that was very focused on interpersonal relationships, specifically evangelism. The concept was called oikos. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may have heard me mention that before. The idea is that God has supernaturally and strategically placed us in a sphere of influence. Basically, God has put relationships in our life. Those people that God has put in our life tends to be around 8 to 15 people. Those are the people that God has put in our life for the purpose of us representing Christ well to them. So obviously the next step there, represent the gospel, share the gospel, navigate gospel questions, conversations, but live your life in a way that honors God and points people to Jesus. Be uh, an example to those people that God has brought into your life. So what that means is that these mega evangelism events, that's not at all how we did evangelism. So, so we didn't bring guest speakers to preach the gospel to thousands of people. We really wanted to invest in the lives of the individual people in our congregation, recognizing that each of them had a world of 8 to 15 people that they were interacting with regularly, building influence with regularly. And so everything that we did was filtered through that lens. So it meant that we would occasionally have events that could facilitate an invitation. That's about as far as we were wanting to go. And then other events were really about growing and preparing the people of our church for the mission, which was for them essentially to not be at church, but to be engaged with their world. So how do we then prepare these people that are a part of our church to not be at our church, but instead go out and accomplish the mission that they've been called to? So you can already begin seeing we would have a different lens when it comes to the way that we would promote things, the, the types of events that we would create. They would be a lot different than other churches that maybe had a more academic value. So let's say that you work at a church and discipleship is absolutely paramount, but not just discipleship, like knowledge of God. So really it's like theological depth. Okay, well, if that's your primary value, if you believe that the pathway to fulfilling the Great Commission is through us as Christ followers knowing a whole ton, great, then you need to be promoting the events that push that idea forward more than other events in your organization. What you're doing is simply prioritizing your promotion around the mission of your church. 
What this does is it gives us a very clear and strategic set of conditions so that we can prioritize the things that move the mission forward. And we do that across all three tiers of the promotional plan. So the promotional plan, that is the key tool to how you prioritize which announcements to give. And then your communication channels really determine in what venue. Now, how you build that promotional plan, that's kind of the driver of the conversation here. Is it about the the relevance to the congregation, you know, this 50%, 50% kind of thing, 65, whatever, you know, is it is it that percentage breakdown or is it based on event size? The bigger events get more promotion. The smaller events don't get more promotion. Or are we going to go missional? Are we going to go, what is the purpose of this organization? What's the purpose of the church? What are we trying to accomplish here? Everything that we're promoting on the biggest stage has the most impact for the mission. Everything that we are promoting through smaller channels, still relevant, but not quite as needle moving for the mission. If you want to go deeper, the Healthy Communications Ministry Blueprint really goes deeper with this. There are a couple more steps that go into the process of building a promotional plan that works well for your church. And so those steps are really important when it comes to adoption. Uh, there's a couple other core systems that you need in order to have a healthy communications ministry, which is really the holistic view of the course. If you want to see just what the template looks like and kind of get a, a, a summary version of what a promotional plan looks like in this three plus one promotional plan model, you could check it out uh, under case studies at lunchtimeheroes.co. But that is how I answer the question. How do you prioritize which announcements to give and in what venue? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes can help you build a healthy creative ministry in your church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co. 